Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is a celebrity makeup and hair artist and is the creator and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. Her goal is always to make her clients look and feel beautiful on the inside and out. In 2018, her husband, who was a professional tennis player, died after a brief bout of sepsis. Since then, she has been partnering with the organization Sepsis Alliance and has been dedicated to raising public awareness on the danger of sepsis. Please welcome Christina Flatch. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm so good. Thank you so much for making the time today. Great to meet you. Yes. Have you joined all the way from typically San Francisco, but like you just said, you're in Arizona today. I'm in Arizona today. Nice, sunny, warm day. Oh, that's so nice. It's starting to get really cold here in Cincinnati, like 20s in the morning. It it makes my morning walks, yeah, really difficult. Really chilly, but so I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your impressive career as a hair and makeup artist and CEO. And when I say impressive, I think it's important for the listeners to know you've worked with celebrities like Miley Cyrus, Condoleezza Rice, Renee Zellweger, Hilary Swank, and that's just a few, not to mention the work with Louis Vuitton and Gucci and Ralph Lauren and Saks. I mean, I could go on and on. So excited to have you. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. And while I I love makeup, you hear people ask, right? Like, oh, if you could have a professional in a field live with you, who would you choose? You know, like a personal chef or a trainer or a masseuse. I would hands down have a makeup artist live with me on standby. <laughs> in my opinion, I, I actually hear that a lot from yeah. my clients. There's, there's nothing more fun, no better feeling than when you get your hair done, you get your makeup done, you feel incredible, you feel so confident, which I'm sure is hugely rewarding for you on the giving side. Absolutely. No, yeah. it's so much fun. I believe me, I'd like to hire someone for me. Yeah. I tell myself, okay, I'm going to hire myself today because in the mirror and I thought, oh my gosh, I've gotten hit by the ugly stick and I need to get out all my brushes and all my products. (laughs) No, no, you look, you look amazing. But so while I, well, I certainly want to hear about that journey. Uh, Admittedly, what I was drawn to the most about your personal story is the work you've done around grief and losing your husband and raising awareness for sepsis. I lost my younger brother, Joe, in a motorcycle the same year you lost your husband. Yeah, no, you you know, right? <laughs> you know how it goes. So, you know, yeah. And and my experience with grief and loss has hugely shaped the person I am today and how 
I now approach the world and other people. And I think it's really important to share our stories of grief and talk about our loved ones to help other people feel less alone and really just to shine a light that there is not a single approach to grief, right? And and much like our love for that person who's no longer with us, grief is unique, but also universal to the human experience. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. I also don't feel that grief needs to be this doom and gloom negative experience. Obviously, it's painful for everyone. And there's days, as you know, that are harder than other days. But I think if you're doing things to honor your loved one, for example, I started a a foundation for for Ken and for my son, Bo, who passed away. Um, I started a garden at the Ed McGuire School in Mill Valley that's an outdoor classroom named after my son, Bo. So for me, helping others actually helps me with my grief and makes me feel better and not quite so sad. If yeah. That makes sense. Oh yeah. No, that makes, that makes total sense. That's how I've felt too with this podcast. I, I've really opened up and talked about my experience and I get so many messages from people that say like, you know, I've lost someone and this is so great to hear, or I've lost a sibling and no one really talks about losing a sibling. And, and, you know, it's just so nice to hear someone sure. else and their experience. So I know I totally get that. And if you think about it, imagine your brother looking down on you and you're constantly sad, how hard that would be for him to watch. And so I feel that if if you're able to try and have, you know, a happy life and do things that are productive, I I try and I look at it from that perspective that they're watching down all the time. And if they are, how awful would that be if we're constantly sad and depressed and just not right. really doing anything productive with our lives. So yeah. I, that for me, this is what works. But again, everyone deals with this differently. And there's yeah. no right or wrong. No, no right or wrong. But I think it's, I think it's just good to talk about it no matter what. However, you know, if it's just one-on-one with someone or it, it, to an audience like this, right? I think it's just good to talk. So all that to say, we've got a lot to chat about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's just dive in. How did you first get into the world of hair and makeup? What drew you to that field? I really didn't expect that to be my profession. <laughs> but I, when I was young, my mother was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer, brain cancer. And she was going out with my father for dinner one night. And I said, oh, mom, let me do your makeup and get you ready. Because she was incredibly beautiful. But after the radiation and the chemotherapy, her skin was discolored and she'd lost her hair. And so it was just, I wanted to make her feel better. So I did with the few makeup products that she had miraculously made her look like her, her normal self. So that made me feel really good. And little by little, I would do friends for proms and weddings. And then photographers would ask me to do some photo shoots. And then little by little, I don't even know how it happened, but I got my first agent and and then I created my, my my line, Pretty Girl. It's it's all kind of unraveled, and I really didn't expect it to. I yeah. really didn't think that was going to be my career. Yeah, no, those are always some of the best stories. So you were self-taught, and there was there like you know some kind of YouTube tutorial you could look at. Like there was no YouTube when I started. <laughs> no, no. No, I I learned, I would look obviously in magazines and TV, I would watch and I would watch different people do their makeup and their hair. I I am not, I did not go to beauty school. I don't cut or color hair. I don't even know how I learned to do hair. I remember I got signed with Ford New York and my agent, 
her name was Christina as well. And she said, so you're going to get it. You're doing your first shoot and you'll be doing the hair and makeup. And I said, no, 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 no. I just do makeup. I don't know how to do hair. And she said, well, if you want to get signed today, then you need to learn to do hair like really fast. Oh my gosh. I started calling my friends that are hairdressers and I'd go watch them. And, and, and little by little for photo shoots, your you know, hair just needs to be styled to look good, blowed out, curled or whatever. And it was so funny. One time my agent called me and said, you're not going to believe this. Oh my gosh, you've got eight pages in Elle magazine. It's like a dream come true. And I'm like, oh my God, fantastic. And he said, yeah, they want you to do hair. And I said, how is that? He goes, I know. I told them that you were awful at it, but they like your work. So and I'm cracking up. So it, it, you don't ever expect these type of things, but they kind of, it happened and it turned out all right. So Wow. That's such a good story. So it almost kind of snowballed, right? You like do, you get one kind of big feature. You work with one big person. People yes. see you and they're like, okay, we want this. Let's yes. call her up. Yes. You get your first celebrity or you get your first magazine or your first Gucci or, or Louis Vuitton. And then, then more come. It's just the more you work, the more you work. And yeah. it, it's really true. Yeah. Do you, do you think that you have, do you tend to lead toward a certain style or is it really all about, Hey, what's the ask? Like, what do you need me to do? I'll deliver there. Good question. Both. I have a very, my look is, if you look on my portfolio, if you go to christinaflack.com, you'll see that my look is pretty clean, fresh, dewy, big eyes, oftentimes a nude lip or sometimes a big bold lip just depends. But Again, when you work with a, a Gucci or a Louis Vuitton, they are very specific. They send right. you drawings, colors, and exactly how they want it, and that's how they want it. And, yeah. and that makeup is usually very minimal, and that's kind of an art in itself to do makeup that doesn't look made up, that you don't see the makeup. They don't want to look; the, they want the models to be focused on the make on the on the clothes. The clothes, yeah, yes, yeah. not my work. Yeah, yeah, my work is supposed to just kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So depending upon which company I work with, I work with Vionics, I work with Lulu's, uh, Good Rider. I, there's a bunch of different fashion companies I work with. And so it's all depends on, on what their creative director wants it to look like. Yeah. Do you get to have your personal style come out with like the celebrities if they're hiring you for like an event or or a party. Is that how it goes? Or are they hiring you specifically for, I have a photo shoot or I have both. a both. Yeah. Both. Just, it just depends. I, they definitely will see a look that I have a certain look and it's very obvious. The, the, the liner, you know, uh, you know, the center of the eyes usually light um, and the crease is darker, uh, fresh, you know, nice, soft contouring and, and a full lip. I, I, I think you, you could look at my work oh, yeah. and it looks, consistent yeah no that's exactly the kind of look when you said a big eye and like clean make I was like oh yeah that's you're speaking to you me for sure. I think my part of my style of makeup is not looking at a face and saying oh wow there's some pink and blue and orange and yellow you don't really see anything I just want to see a pretty face I want the face to look like the best version of its face yeah um, I yeah. don't I don't want there ever to be, I mean, sometimes if it's like really bold fashion or I'm doing something wild, then of course you'll see color, but typically it's just very neutrals and everything kind of blends in and just looks pretty. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. right. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I keep just thinking, I know how I, like if I walk in somewhere to get my makeup done, you know, obviously you come in with 
a, a fresh clean face and you're like okay you you like I, I don't know how great I'm loving how I look in like all this bright lighting and then they like turn the chair around when you're done right and I just I can see my own face like light up with it I'm sure you see you know that similar reaction part of the the of what happens with when someone they're transformed they look and feel so much better and so that shows on the camera and that even happens with models or celebrities they feel good about how they look and then they look better on screen yeah yeah part of the job of making the client feel good on the inside because they will inevitably look better on the outside. Yeah, totally. Do you see some really kind of big common mistakes that people make when it comes to makeup? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Foundation that's either too dark or too light. That's a huge one. These insane lash extensions that look like an animal on their eyelids—I don't understand. It looked. I was in a store yesterday, and this woman—I don't even know how she opened her eyelids. They but were, they look so heavy. They look painful, and honestly, your eyelashes are going to break. I'm just telling you, they—they they, they can only carry that much weight for so long. Yeah, no, for sure. The damage to your lashes by having them on all the time and such heavy ones. I mean, a little bit looks somewhat yeah. it's better. It's yeah. a little more I think. No, I, I, I mean. And everyone should just do what makes them happy. Who the hell am I to say anything? It's just my opinion. But I, right. everyone, if, if the woman that was wearing those eyelashes was very happy. She thought she was fantastic and she was thrilled. So that was that. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I, I have absolutely seen that before too. And mostly I'm just like, I'm concerned for your comfort is where I'm coming from. I, I turn into mommy. I'm like, honey, do you really want that? I don't think it's going to be good in a few years when you don't have eyelashes. Not even a few years. I mean, I I love a little, like the, the individual lashes place kind of yes. the outside really opens you up. There's it's so nice if you just have those, that little bit of lash. I think it can totally transform your face. And I went through a phase, I think most people did back in like 2016, 2017, where everyone had eyelash extensions, right? Where you got to lay down for two hours. Oh, well, and trust me, I love them. I, I woke love up, them. it looked like I had makeup on. I didn't look like I got hit with the ugly stick. I, it, but the problem is I love face oil and I love wiping my face off. I'll throw coconut oil on my face. I, you cannot have, they're so delicate. I was constantly, I'm such a perfectionist. I was going to see that woman like every three days because no. like some hair and I fall asleep. I put a pillow on my face and it was, it was like a war with my eyelashes. I just thought, you know, it, it takes two minutes to put on some mascara. Yeah. It doesn't take no, I I'm, I was the same way. And, and it did serious. I had them continuously, you know, for a couple months. And then something happened where I, you know, couldn't get them refilled or whatever it was. And my eyelashes were gone. It's it's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> yep. I, I, I moved to for a while. I haven't done this in a long time either, but I moved to for a while the lash lift and tint. What's that? I don't even know what so that is. So they like they perm your eyelashes. They have like a little rod. How, it, how, how much can they perm them? They ha- it, it really does work. It lasts for like really? two weeks. I actually yeah. have heard of it. They put a little rod here and they pull your eyelashes up over the rod that sits like at the base and they kind of uh. like paint on that like perm 
chemical, which also then I'm like, how good is this for the perm that chemical? Sounds- <laughs> so close to my eye. Damaging than the other, than the intentions. So finally, I, I totally got in line with you and I'm like, you can curl and put a mascara on in a couple of minutes. You'll be okay. Like, I know we're all about time saving, but you can, it'll be okay. <laughs> I feel like that as well about permanent makeup. How long does it really take to just put a line of shadow or liner on your Yeah. And me personally, I don't want that ta- tattoo gun close to my eyeball. Yeah. No, I, don't, I, I don't want that. I don't want that. So so tell us a little bit about Pretty Girl Makeup. So what what's that endeavor of yours? What's it about? <laughs> that endeavor of mine. That endeavor of yours. My hair's getting a little funny. Um, I better go You've got there. like a beautiful sun ray right directly in your face. Um, So Pretty Girl Makeup, I started in 1999, probably before you were born. And No, not before I was born. (laughs) I was a mom of five kids and I was constantly drinking water and putting on lip gloss. It was just like a constant battle and I I was losing every time. So I decided, oh, I'm going to create my own lip gloss. And I thought it would take a week and I would be rich and famous in a month. Of course. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So not what happened. (laughs) It took over a year to formulate the products. I started with a lip gloss and a lip plumper and then added lipsticks and spa products and different things. And then, you know, my son passed away. So that kind of stopped. I didn't really care about my company or really anything for quite a bit. And, uh, but now the great news is tomorrow I'm actually flying to Denver with my partner, Jordan Hall, and we are meeting with our two investors. And so in this coming in 2022, we are going to be expanding the makeup line. We are going to add a skincare line and a hair care line. So we are very excited about that. And it's amazing. I kind of had given up hope on making my company big, but then it, these investors came and then we met some other people and it's just, it's very exciting. We're really looking forward to a very prosperous 2022. Yeah. Congratulations. That's so fun. I was just thinking you were like the Kylie lip kit before Kylie. I was. Yeah. It's, I have to say I wonderful for her. I know she works really hard and, and everything, but when you're a makeup artist and you are self-funded to, to compete with, with that level of celebrity is really it's very daunting and it's impossible. So having that, I can't keep putting everything on my American Express card. You know, there's always something one could put on there to uh, compete. So it's going to be really liberating when we have all this extra capital that we can work with and makeup that beauty industry has changed so much in the last 20 years. There were no influencers. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was nothing. And you were in magazines and you met with publicists and agents and celebrities. And that was it. You would send a celebrity a box of stuff. And if they liked it, they would call you or, you know, email you or something. And and you would promote that, that you didn't have to be paying people like you do now. And you know, what's scary is you can pay someone an exorbitant amount of money and it doesn't mean you're going to get it back. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I think that's probably what too, the explosion of, of just, options when it comes to makeup right now like I walk into a Sephora or an Ulta sometimes and I'm like I do not even know where to begin and I think it's just because 
now we have all these means, all this social media to be to to see what people are doing, to see these tutorials. When yeah, when you think about it before, it's like, what did you? What people were probably buying makeup from the drugstore or Avon. True, or they would go to the department stores. The department and, store, yeah, yeah. And, and the problem with going to a department store when you're going to buy makeup you're really not dealing with a makeup artist. Most of the people that work there are salespeople that have been trained to be makeup artists, but it's very different. Their goal is not to make you look like the best version of you. Their goal is to sell the most product. Mm-hmm. That is So I have had clients in the past hire me. It's cheaper to hire me to go buy for them and get the basic things they need than to go spend $1,000 at, you know, at Sephora or Alta and get a bunch of products that you're not going to use. You don't need a million products. And I, I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter. Like I love fashion more than anybody. My daughter's a fashion designer. I live for my Vogue magazine coming every month. However, just because it's in style this season doesn't mean it, it is appropriate for your face. Yes, and absolutely. A lot of times those fashions, the, the makeup trends are on for the fashion world. For, right. you know, my catwalk for the fashion houses. That's what that's for. To look lifestyle like I do with, with the companies that I work with, they just want to see a pretty clean face. They don't want a bunch of crazy contouring. I would be fired. You're you're not allowed to do any of that. You don't have time. I, I love these uh, Instagram, the videos where you see all this makeup getting put on and they blend it all out. I, I've been doing this 100 years and I don't know how they do that. No, I was just going to say, I was just thinking the other day about that, the crazy contour trend. I think we've moved past it, but it was like the, the well, then dark. Now we, have the we have the highlighter trend. Oh, yes. Eye yes. extensions. Where your, your face is just like a light beam, like yes. just bursting out. But no, I was thinking, remember they used to like say you had to bake it, like you had to let it sit on your face. What are we making cookies? Right, or? Yeah, right. right. No, it's just yeah, it's it's crazy how 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 it's evolved, like you said. But it oh my gosh, it is so fun. It is really oh, fun. Of course it's fun. It's yeah, fantastic. It's so much fun. There's and there are so many great products now. In in depending, it doesn't even matter what price range. You could get stuff yep. that's great at CVS or Dwayne Reed that are fantastic. And that's what I want for Pretty Girl. I don't want it. I want it to be that everyone has an experience of getting products that are just right for them, that look and feel good and smell good because I am all about aromatherapy and, Ooh, and, yeah. scents. and I think even with the hair care line, I, Jordan and I have talked about how we want it to have, even if you're taking a two or three minute shower with having the right aromatherapy, a lavender or a mint really can mm. up the mood. And so I think that's super important as well. Oh yeah, I have on my Christmas list this year a diffuser of like an essential oil diffuser yes. because I think that you're right, scent it is can just totally change your mood, your outlook, everything. There's a great company called DoTerra that I buy um, uh, my aromatherapy oils, and they're such high grade. They're like they're you can consume them. You can put them in water put them in food. And so I will use them. I'll put lavender in my mineral water or I'll put it on my, you know, you can admit if I'm having like a stomach thing. So they're, that's a really great company and I love their products. Yeah. Okay, good. I took a note just then. Yes. So I'm get in there. And they have, you know, uh, different ones to boost your immune system and calm your 
your mood. It's they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Really yeah. Oh, yes. I know you've, you've just got me thinking. I, I love to talk about uh, on this podcast about the the benefit of really kind of engaging professionals to help you in certain areas of your life, because how can you be expected to know how to do it all, right? If there are if our toilets broken, we call a plumber, right? If we need to help with financial stuff, we get a financial advisor. If you need help with your makeup, which a lot of people are, right, are wearing makeup every single day, a lot of women, and will for the rest of your life, what a great investment it would be to say, okay, hey, here are all these core products. This is how I apply it to my face. This is what looks best for my skin tone, my skin texture, what my goals are, whatever. Same as you'd get a personal trainer. That's a factor. Yeah. Definitely. I am also, I believe in beauty from the inside out. It is super important to me, drinking the water, drinking the green juice, supplements, not drinking a lot of alcohol, obviously, no drugs or cigarettes, mm. uh, getting enough sleep. All the fun is- stuff. Well, sleep, people don't get enough sleep. We don't sleep enough. And honestly, that is the best thing for your, your the way you're going to look in the morning, your eyes, your skin. It, getting enough sleep is huge. And it goes, people ignore it. Oh, I sl- oh, they brag. Oh, I slept four hours. I wouldn't be bragging. You're not going to, you are not going to look like the best version of you. I've had a lot of clients lately coming to me. And they're, they're obviously asking makeup tips, but then they're asking me to put them on a regimen of the green juice and the supplements and the wall. And I believe exercise is important. Get breaking a sweat, laughing, totally, totally. enjoying life and having fun. It's, it makes you look better. Oh yeah. No, you are preaching to the choir, especially about sleep. That's like one of my number one number one piece of my self-care routine, admittedly some the one that will also suffer the most depending on, you know, whatever season of life I'm in. But right. when, when you wake up in the morning after a good night's sleep, there's nothing better. Oh, absolutely. My, my face can look completely different. Like the like the um the firmness of my skin that's probably also a lot to do with hydration like that collagen super important yep uh collagen peptides i really believe in that putting that in your tea or coffee every day uh what else is there that i love to do i don't the green juice it's so important what's in your green juice oh my gosh just lots of veggies um power grains kale spinach Blueberries, ginger, turmeric, celery, really great for inflammation. That can, if you, drinking the celery juice is really important. It takes away all this puffiness that we get in our skin. That is huge. Acne. I have had models coming on set with breaking out in this, you know, like a rash. And I can only fix so much, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell them, look, tonight, Till I see you. I had this one model. This happened on a. We were working with Mark and Graham, like a William Sonoma company. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, she came in. Her skin was a disaster, and I had her go on for the weekend. Celery juice, green juice, tons of water. I made her. So I'm like, you are going to sleep. You cannot come here. It's not fair to me to like do some miracle on Monday. If you, you know, you have to come here with some decent skin. And her skin was like clear in you know from Friday until Monday morning. No, it's, it's true. Celery is, celery juice is really, really fantastic. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen some of the testimonials too about how it's kind of just like pulls everything out. Like it just kind of like purges your skin, but it's also just simple, right? Drink your water, eat your veggies, go to bed. 
It's not a lot. Oh, also the Bragg's apple cider vinegar in the morning with a blast first thing that starts your day off. It gets realkalines your system. It takes away sugar cravings, which I don't know about you, but if I could sit and eat cookies and cake all day, I would totally oh, do of course, it. Of course. I have to waking up with my, I also do this black oxygen powder, uh, the water and the vinegar, the green juice, the green tea. I, I, you have to be very disciplined to be I, fit. You do. It's a lot. No, it is a lot. I used to have, I used to do the apple cider vinegar. I would do, I think two tablespoons, warm water, a little bit of honey and cayenne pepper. Oh, that's the best. And I was so diligent about that. And then it just, one of those things where it's like, it fell away, but you're inspiring well, me. I need to get back on it. 2022. This is going to be yes. my new year's resolution. Just get back on the apple cider vinegar, but you're right. And I never knew, I knew I'd heard about the benefits. I'd heard people talking about it. I just started doing it. I was in such a routine for like a year of it. And, 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 and rep, I don't, you know, I, I felt, I felt good, I think, but it was just like the ritual and the, the routine of it too. Routine, that was yeah. just like, this is nice. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself I'm doing something. I, I'm traveling right now. I'm going to be traveling the next few days and I, it doesn't matter where I am. I do the same thing every day. The tea, the water, the supplements, the, the working out. I, it, there's no excuse just because you're traveling or you're on holiday or something. There's no excuse. You still can do what you need to do. It doesn't mean I won't have a glass of wine at dinner or I'll have some cake or have a steak. I will obviously treat myself, but it's important to try at least 80% of the time to, yeah. do, to be disciplined. Your body will re reward you by looking and feeling good. Yep. No, totally. It's that, 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 um, you know, saying of, you know, a sacrifice today to like gain later on, right. That you're just keeping you're yourself right. feeling good. Yeah. You're yeah. No, that's, that's good stuff. I, I want to hear more about that, but I do want to shift gears, um, to talk about your husband, Ken, who passed away, um, a couple of years ago. So I'll, I'll let you tell that story. Um, and, and hear a little bit about him and the work you've been doing for, for sepsis awareness. Okay, so I was married to Ken Flack. He was the number one tennis player in the world in doubles with his partner, Rob Seguso, in the 80s and 90s. They were on the Davis Cup team, won a gold medal, won Wimbledon. They, were, they had an amazing career. After Ken retired, uh, we were married, and he uh, got bronchitis, which turned into pneumonia. His doctors did not see him and misdiagnosed, and so... Within 12 hours, he was on life support and did not regain consciousness and got sepsis. And so Ken and I had no idea what sepsis was at the time of his death. And after he passed, the Sepsis Alliance asked if I would be willing to raise awareness and to honor Ken and to, you know, have other people not feel what my family and I have lost. And... So, it, you know, a quarter of a million people die a year of sepsis, which was shocking to me to hear. Yeah. And I know that it, it's, it's an infection of the blood that attacks your vital organs. So if we, if you have any of the symptoms, if you go to sepsis.org, there is a little timetable that says time. And it says T is for temperature. You can be incredibly hot or incredibly cold. I'm sorry. Get out of this way here. No, I know. You just got beautiful sun in sunny Arizona. Woo. And, yes. And so I is for infection in some 
place in your body. It could be a tooth infection. It could be a bronchitis or a cold or a cut. Um, M is for mental decline. It's hard to rouse them. They're just not all there. And E is for excruciating pain. You feel like you're dying because you are. Your organs are shutting down. And so uh, you can get a blood test. It's super quick. And if they think you have it, they give you an IV antibiotic and you're, you'll survive. The problem is if you're in this time that there's a golden window. And if you are not treated in that golden window, you get an outcome like, like Ken had. And, and it's terrible. No, so I hope so that terrible. people have dialogue about raising awareness, you know, about sepsis and hopefully more people will be educated about it. Yeah, no, that's so terrible that it, I mean, it's so, the, so sudden, right? You think that oh you're just down with a cold. Thursday, he was on life support on a Thursday. By Monday, his arms and legs had turned black. The doctors came in. I got a specialist and I said, what are we going to do about this discoloration? And they said, we'll have to amputate his arms and legs. If he's, which he wasn't going to at that point, he was on so many, I think there were like 13 different IV drugs and they had this uh, machine, an ECMO machine that was basically functioning his body. It was another level of life support and it, it didn't, it wasn't working. And so I knew that at that was the point that we had to take him off life support because he was not going to survive. And I mean, I did not want to keep him alive on these machines. Wow. That is so terribly difficult. And then also, you know, to, to hear if we would have caught it sooner or if we would have been aware of this, that we could like, it's so awful. I just, it really hurt for you. Oh my gosh. I, so that's another thing that I try to tell people. If you don't believe what the doctors are saying, go get another opinion. Advocate for yourself. Yeah. We had trusted our doctors. We believed what they said. We said, oh, okay, we'll do whatever they said, but they were wrong. And so I think now for me moving forward, it's, I would say, if I don't trust what the doctor is saying to me or for my children, I will be, I'll say, no, I don't like that. I want, I want another opinion or do something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's so fragile. I mean, in one second, he was gone. Yeah, that's so uh, heartbreaking and and I'm sure frustrating too. Oh. Like, weren't you so angry? Beyond. You go through all these, as you know, different emotions of anger and fear and yeah. sadness. And they just, they grief such an interesting thing. It comes and goes in waves and you learn to maneuver it and ride the waves you don't get over it ever. You just learn to manage your emotions. And some days are harder than others, as you know, going through that. Yeah. I also found that after my son had passed, I knew that when Ken did that, like, I had to really keep it together for my kids' sake, my business partners. Yeah. It wasn't just me. I affect, my life affects a bunch of lives. Yeah. And I didn't go down the dark path like I did when my son passed away. I started working out twice a day. I was being so disciplined more than ever because I knew that if I got too tired, too hungry, too thirsty, too tired, everything was magnified. It was so bad. And I was trying to manage all of those emotions as best I could because it was bad enough. But if I let things get out of hand by being too tired or too hungry and not eating or sleeping, 
it was a, it was even worse. It's so interesting that so when I lost my brother, that was the first significant loss I'd experienced. You know, I had lost great aunts and great uncles and you know people that were older and there had run the course of their yeah. life. How many siblings do you have? Um, there were four of us. And so okay. when, when you were kind of talking about holding it together for, for everyone else, that was something my mom, that my, I remember my mom saying, you know, people would comment to her during funeral and shortly after like, oh my gosh, you're so strong. You're so strong. My mom was like, I have three other kids. Like what, how, what, what do you, what am I supposed to do? Like I have to, I have yeah, to. I don't have that luxury of losing my mind and going yeah. up. And, it's just. Right. Man, but it's incredibly selfish and it's not doing anyone any good and it can affect your other children in ways that could be life lasting. And I, I did, I knew my kids were going through a hard enough time and my stepkids going through a hard enough time. I didn't want to make it worse. So I believe me, I had plenty of crying and screaming and of course ups and downs and all around, but I tried to just as best I could stay on track. Yeah. It, it's, 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 I'm interested to hear, you know, going through the grieving process of your, of your son, which losing a child, I cannot imagine. I, I watched my mom and it was, that was one of the, also the most heartbreaking things for me, you know, yes, I'm hurting too, but then to see her hurting and, and my other siblings hurting like that almost was just worse, right? Yeah. Crushing. Right. Exactly. Um, but then to, but then to have a grief experience and then losing your husband where you're like, okay, wait, I did this before now. Did you feel, I don't want to say prepared, like prepared is not the right word, right? You're, no, you're the- is. I, I think I was prepared a bit. I knew how bad and how terrible it could be. So that's why I really tried to do every step I took. I tried to be positive and really mindful of what I was doing and not just reacting. I was trying to be a little bit more proactive. So interesting. I did an interview not too long ago. And a lot of times people say, oh, I've had post-traumatic shock. But she said to me that, and I thought this was so great. She said, you know, you have taken your situation and had post-traumatic growth. And I think I have, I have tried to anyway, it's been incredibly hard, obviously, but I have grown as a person. I've had to deal with things that I never expected to deal with financially that I wasn't prepared for that has forced me to, I would before like, Oh, he would take care of the money. And, and I just made money and spent money. I didn't think about anything. And now it's just me after that. I really had to, figure out what I was going to do with loans and just like everyday just life stuff. Yeah. Don't expect to deal with. I had a very, a yeah. very easy life. I think that I didn't have to deal with all that. I, it was very charmed life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been fine. I, yeah. I handled, I, I, how, I'm a CEO. I can handle If I can run a company, I can handle my bank account. It's not right. Right, right. No, but it's just also the fact that like that was something that person cared for for you and took care of. And now it's an adjustment. And and I, I was going to ask, you know, no, I don't think any grieving person likes to hear the phrase, everything happens for a reason, right? That's just not, not maybe what you necessarily want to hear as you're losing someone that's very close to you. I think that also could imply that 
that there is a lesson to learn from it. And early on, I was really resistant to that idea because I thought I don't want or I, I don't need to learn a lesson. Like I just want my brother back. Like him him losing his life is not worth me learning something. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was my initial thought. Um, but naturally, as I moved through grief, it did teach me so many lessons about myself. I mean, I feel like it forced me to face old wounds. I thought for sure had healed completely. I'm good. I've got everything nice and tidy. I've, I've got this great life that I've created for myself. You know, I use the analogy that losing Joe was like this dam breaking. I had built up all these little walls around me and protections and his death just kind of washed that dam away. And it was like, oh, there's actually shit below the surface, Chrissy, that you probably that you need to deal with. And right. this kind of traumatic experience just like exposed it. And I think really ab above all else, though, I was left with this, this fierce belief that I had to live life on my own terms. And I just care so much less about what other people think or their opinions of me. I don't know about you if you experienced this, but I just felt there was so much judgment from everybody. And then like the tennis, because Ken's famous. So it's even more, I felt like I was kind of in this fishbowl and people were watching me and how I should grieve in a certain way and how I should conduct myself. And I think I put up a bunch of walls and I felt very isolated and alone. I didn't feel like I could be really out in public very much or, or seen with people or it was a very weird time. Yeah. And, uh, the tennis community was amazing with me. They were very loving and kind, but it was still, people really have a lot of judgment when the way you should grieve. I guess there's certain ways people assume you should be grieving. And uh, I yeah. tried to do it with as much grace and dignity as possible. And I remember going Indian Wells, the ATP uh, put on a Ken Flack golf tournament at, at his year anniversary. Uh, they, he had won the tournament the year before he had shot like a 67, something crazy. And, uh, I went down to Indian Wells to, to hand the winner the trophy. And then they had, uh, it was in the stadium, with like 20,000 people. And they had a small film, a tribute to Ken honoring him and, you know, showing, highlighting his career and everything. And I, I didn't think it was going to be that difficult but it really was. I remember oh, yeah. uh, two friends of mine, uh, Mark and Aaron Woodford, he was on the tour with Ken and, and Aaron's a good friend of mine. And they were with me. And I just felt like, wow, this is just so much. It just felt so intense and hard. And I just thought, my gosh, to, it, to be going through this and all these people watching me and looking at me felt really, really uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, you're already going through arguably some of the hardest times of your life, feeling the most intense, deep pain that is possible for a human to feel. And then you have to think about, am I, am I doing it right? <laughs> like, that's like the last thing. Right. You I, I don't worry. I was, I think I cared more about what people thought before. And now I just, I want to be happy in my life. I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to be the best person I can be, the best mom, the best partner, best everything I can be. And if people have judgment, that's their business. It's their business. I know. I'm like, if I'm doing right by me, I right by the people I love. I feel good about me. It's taken me a long time to 
get to that place where I, I feel confident and happy again. And I, and I do, I mean, every day I try to feel good and happy and my kids are happy. I, I really, really do. And I finally, it's almost four years now, but I can say that I am really in a happy, peaceful place in my life, which feels yeah. really good. And I'm so grateful. Yeah, no, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing that. That was, that's, it's just great, I think, for people to hear other people's stories. And I'm sure someone listening, you know, gleaned something from your experience or just felt less alone in, in their own experience because grief can be terribly isolating. I think yeah. it's been, has been my, even, you know, you're with, with my siblings, with my mom, whatever it was, it's, it's just, I think it's probably because no one, you know, grief, I like to think is, you know, all the love that you have for this person that you can no longer give them, right? It's this like stored pent up love that that needs an expression and that person's not there to receive it. So grief is, is kind of how it manifests. And, you know, you have a unique relationship with that person that passed. No one has that relationship that you had with them. So right. it can, it can feel very lonely. I think also, I believe that they are with us. I know my husband has yeah. been in my house a lot. I hear things. I hear his footsteps. Lights go on and off. The alarm goes off. Music goes off. I mean, there's all, he's up to shenanigans all the time. <laughs> yeah. He and my baby are up there doing, Lord knows what. Oh, let's torture mom today. Let's yeah. see what we can do to freak her out of it. So yeah. At first it freaked me out, but then it's kind of nice. Like, oh, they came to visit and here they are. Yeah. yeah. I know that he's there watching me. Yeah. And I would be incredibly proud of everything that I've accomplished. I know. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So I, I want to kind of circle back a little bit because I, I one of my favorite questions to ask guests is how they take care of themselves to show up as the best version, whatever it is that they're doing. So you as a CEO, makeup artist, hair, hair artist, mom, advocate you know, what do you have to do? And we've talked a little bit about what do you have to do to make sure you're your best self? you got your green juice, you got all the, the mineral water, the sleep. Yes. All that exercise. What do you do uh, for exercise? Well, today I went to Pilates. Ooh, uh, reformer or Matt? Reformer. I yep. love the reformer. This woman beat the crap out of me. Uh-huh. Yesterday I went to the gym and I ran around the track a bit. I did elliptical. I lifted weights. I normally go to hot power yoga. Oh, yes. You are speaking my language. It's the music's blasting. It's a hundred degrees and it's so, it's great workout. I do that. Um, I ride horses. I had a horse mm. ride and uh, let's see what else. You like to I, switch it up, do a lot of different, different I stuff. I think the best thing to do is shock your body every day by doing something different because I think your body gets used to a workout, it doesn't really work as effectively. So if you're doing a yoga, then a Pilates or go for a hike or do, swim or something, I think your body reacts better to that. Yeah. You got to challenge yourself. Weightlift, I think uh, weightlifting is super important to just keep the body toned. It's really important. Yeah. Good for your bones, everything. I, I love yeah. strength training. And, and the, the, the stretching is like the core workout I think is really great. So yeah. No, Pilates, I think, is just one of the most amazing workouts. I agree. I, I, it just, even more so than yoga for me, I leave the reformer feeling so open. Oh, my gosh. Everything's just not crunchy yep. anymore. 
today I went to the class and I thought, oh my gosh, everything hurts. And then I left. I'm like, oh, I feel like. I know you're like light and bright and airy and (laughs) you've got, you've got me so inspired, Christina. I've got to get back to Pilates. I've got to get on my apple cider vinegar pick again. You're getting good. worked up. This is good. Yeah, this is good. All that stuff. I just think, and I think consistency of it. You know, I will say this: Saturdays and Sundays, I have French toast. So during the week, I'm very good. And I, I think you need to have those little treats, or you're if you constantly are dieting, you're going to want to eat it. You know, binge. And so oh, yeah. I feel like if I know that I can have a little something on Saturday and Sunday then I don't mind being so disciplined during the week. Right, exactly. You have something to look forward to. You have something to work for. You're like, all right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm drinking my green juice, I'm eating my fruit, whatever. And you're like, but I'm looking forward to that French toast. Yeah, and I think it's good to have a day that you just really do nothing. Put the phone away. Don't work on the computer. Oh. Just be with your family. Be with who you love. Read, watch TV, have sex. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, all of it, all of it. No, that's incredible. I know. And some people will be like, oh, you know, you got to, you know, take, take some time for yourself. And you're like, okay, a, a whole day, like at least really probably more than that. But I don't know if our society allows for it. <laughs> I work with this healer, Diane, she's in Canada. Uh, she's extraordinary, but she's taught me that you can't give an orange unless you have a basket of oranges to give. So if we shouldn't feel guilty about taking care of ourselves. Because we can actually take better care of our friends, our family, our coworkers, whatever it is we need to do. If we've taken care of ourselves, we're going to be much more effective of taking care of others. Absolutely. No, self-care is like my favorite topic in the world to talk about. Is it terrible to give yourself an hour to go work out or eat well? No, it's crazy. No, totally. And I love hearing different people's routines and what they do because I think sometimes it, it might take some practice and curiosity about like, well, what is it that I need to do, right? What makes me feel really good? I think it's pretty universal standard water, sleep, exercise. But, you know, for me, I one of my favorite forms of self-care is I like to have a clean, tidy house, right? Everything's put away. And I like to light a bunch of candles and I okay. like to walk around and look at it. I have here. I never not make my bed. Everything's put away. I can't be in a room. I'm so visual. I cannot even be in a room if it's a mess. It gives me vibes. No, that's how I am. I like. I, I won't be able to get it's work done. When's March seventh. Oh, you're Pisces. Yes, I okay. am. Yes, Aquarius. I think yes, and I also think loving what you do. If you love your job, that's important. I don't understand why people complain about their work and make no changes. It, you're right. Yes. If you were going to do some, I've taught my kids this, figure out what you love doing and then figure out how to get paid. Yeah. My daughter, Melania is a fashion designer. She created her own line. My daughter, Rose, went to film school at NYU and she is a screenwriter now. And my son, Nikolai, is in college. He's trying to turn pro golf. And my little one is a freshman and he's trying to turn pro golfing as well. But I've told all of them, wow. figure out what you love. Like figure out what you would do if you weren't getting paid. That's and great advice. That's yeah. great advice with mother. You love it so much you wouldn't care if you were paid or not. And that seems so simple. But like I did not have that advice. But that seems so simple. I wish my parents would have told me that. <laughs> right. My dad thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. You go where? You don't have a job every day? You're the company. What do you do? My dad like just thinks I'm off my rock. And my sister, she she's an executive with Costco and they think it's crazy that like I, like my agents will call them like, oh, they don't, I don't know where I'm going to be every day. 
I, I could work five days and then not work for a week or work two days. Like it's, but that's just, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think it's hard for people that aren't like a creative type to understand like, Hey, this, this, the rigid and, and the structure of like a corporate environment, whatever it is. Okay. That, that works for some people and that's fine. And that's where they're happy. But I, I had grew up in a similar household where I had said, when I first started going to college, I was like, well, I want to be an art history major. I love learning about art. I love art yes. history. And they that's were like what I'm studying as well. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? How are you going to make any money? And I was like, well, shoot. Sure. Okay. I'll figure it out. I did not have that attitude, regrettably, but but this this podcast for me is like such a creative outlet and this is how I can like really just get, you know, a lot of energy and and feel like I'm I'm creating something and it's my art form. So I feel I feel fulfilled in that sector even though I do have like a corporate right, you know, level job where I'm like, okay, at least I have an outlet. You have a grown-up job. I have a grown-up job. Yes. yes. Very grown-up. <laughs> Christine, I, I really appreciate this time. We have to end with my my standard question I give to all guests. Love to hear, what does being fit mean to you? Being fit to me means that my body looks and feels the best it can feel. Love it. Love it. You've got all of your self-care rituals and routines in place to make that happen. You've got your beautiful makeup to make that happen. You're doing it. Thank you. I try. <laughs> Where can people follow you? Check out all the work that you're doing. Learn about what's going on. You can find me uh, prettygirlmakeup.com for my line. Uh, ChristinaFlack.com if you want to see my portfolio or book me. Uh, we're on Instagram, prettygirlmakeup and Christina Flack Makeup is on Instagram. Wonderful. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a delight. I really appreciate the time. Good luck in 2022 with all of your big moves ahead. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.